This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of the Jeopardy Chronicles. This is the evil chocolate cookie back with you, as usual, for this time of day. And we have, well, kind of an underwhelming, honestly, game today. Underwhelming just because of kind of the way things played out. Not through fault of the contestants. It was just kind of the way the board fell today, I would say. So let's get into it and meet our players. We had Nick, Kendra, and Martha. And I think I think we met Martha here on this podcast, but I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember too well. Uh, if you will remember, I think, I think we did because I think I remember mentioning this. She was on Jeopardy during the Art Fleming era, which is kind of awesome. If you really think about it, because that was 64 to 79, 64 to 75, the original run, and then uh, 78 to 79 for what I think they called the all-new Jeopardy. But all-encompassing, all-encompassing 64 to 79. So, yeah. But, I mean, you got to think that... That was a 60, that was at minimum a 59 year gap from initial appearance or at, no, that was, I, you know what? Screw math. It was, it could have been, you know what? It could have been as much as a 59 year gap between her initial appearance on the Art Fleming version and her initial appearance in season 39. We don't know because we don't know the exact date. Sorry, I did not mean to confuse you guys. I kind of scrambled my own brain. But that that gap could have been, been as big as 59 years. We just, we don't know. Which really says something about your trivia capabilities if you're able to pull off a bunch of wins in that big of a gap. That's That's pretty impressive. But, anyway, on to the game, before I screw up any more math. Because I know someone out there will hear this and they'll go ballistic. Oh, she did the math wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, some people are just like that. And I wasn't intentionally doing it wrong, but, eh. Anyway. This was a very low-scoring game, all told. And there were a lot of unanswered questions, not unanswered in the sense that they were left on the board, but unanswered in the sense that they, the question was read and then it was left until the thing went beep, 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 and then Ken had to give the answer. So, yeah, there, there were a lot of, there were a lot of empty, empty clues. I'm going... I'm going to start referring to the ones that no one answers as an empty clue. Because an unanswered clue implies that it was left on the board. 
But if it was red and nobody rang in, then it, it was just empty because there was empty space where there should have been an answer. So that, I've decided to call that an empty clue. I don't know why. I just, I like to name everything so that I can explain things a little better. Because blathering on, there were a bunch of, blathering on a hundred times, if it happens a lot like it did at one point in the season, there was a bunch of stuff that nobody answered, there was a bunch of stuff that nobody answered, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's just pointless, but if I, if I name it, as I've decided to do, say, oh, there were a bunch of empty clues, then that really shortens the blither blather. So, from, from now on, an empty clue is one that no one rang in on. An unanswered clue is one that never even got to pop up because it was left on the board at the end of the round. We could call that an unrevealed clue or an unanswered clue. Either way, nobody nobody saw it. Actually, I would say an unanswered clue would be one where somebody rang in but nobody got the right answer. An empty clue is what happens when nobody rings in. An unanswered clue means nobody got the right answer. And an unrevealed clue got left on the board. Let's do it that way. Since we're naming things. Okay, anyway. Kendra found the first daily double and managed to get it right, which was awesome. Martha had the lead throughout most of the game. Nick had a very, very bad day. Because he landed both of the daily doubles and double jeopardy and missed both of them. Spectacularly. Because of the wagers he made. I felt bad for the poor guy. Because he made such big wagers prompting me to want to flip my lid. And then they came back and bit him. And I, I did. I felt bad for him. Because that's just painful. I mean, think about it. Okay, I've let you think about it long enough. <laughs> but yeah, just one of them, one of them also was a true daily double that he missed and he lost all of his money, which is extremely painful. Especially because it was the last daily double in the game. And that is precisely why I say you should never do that, because you could end up in that kind of a situation. So, yeah, people were missing a lot of clues in Double Jeopardy. And Kendra went on kind of a run with the low-value clues and unlocked the possibility for a tie and the possibility of forcing a tiebreaker. Which did not happen, because in Final Jeopardy, everybody gave the same wrong answer. So that was what they call a triple stumper, because nobody got it right and everybody had an answer. The difference between an unanswered clue and a triple stumper is that not everybody has to ring in a, on an unanswered clue. If everyone has an answer and it's wrong, it's a triple stumper. If somebody has an answer but the other two don't, it's just unanswered. And if nobody has an answer, it's empty. Let's just let's just put it out there like that. Okay, one of the bonus episodes I'm going to have to release for this podcast is the glossary of terms that you're going to find. I should really make a website for this thing. 
You know what? That's not a bad idea. Anyway. Because nobody got it right, Martha made the value wager and didn't bet anything. Kendra lost everything, and Nick ended up with $799 because he only wagered a dollar out of his 800 So we, we have by now probably figured out that Martha won the game because she had the highest score. But like I said, this was kind of an underwhelming game, and it wasn't the fault of any of the contestants or anything like that. It was just the number of empty and unanswered clues that were left on the board. Or that, well, I mean, they weren't left on the board, but they were just there, and they happened, and some of that material, I feel like, was a little rough, even for high-level players. I found it hilarious that there was a, a category, it wasn't actually about the company, but it was an H&R block. The, the answers either had to start with H or R, but the H&R block thing was very obviously a jab at Ken Jennings. And the fact that he did not totally lose his cool over that and just went right on. Oh, I lost it though. I was laughing. I'm like, oh my God, that is so funny. But yeah, they were definitely they were definitely yeah definitely taking jabs at Ken with that one. There was just there's just no other explanation. But that's basically what I have for you today. Like I said, this game was not the most exciting thing in the world. So with that said, I'm going to go away for the night. I will see you folks tomorrow, where we will hopefully be more. In more exciting territory. I'm just glad I was able to record this today. We had a nasty internet outage last night into this morning. And I was afraid that we weren't going to get to do it. But we're here. So, yay. But at any rate, I'm going to say, as I always do, good night. Thank you for listening. And as Alex would say, so long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast. An Evil Chocolate Cookie production.